This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to the FCS podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? school in the building you are listening to the fcs football podcast here on the believe podcast network i am sean anderson joined by new nickname alert j school where joe de leon where do you get off <laughs> see that gets to the point content where i wouldn't mind <laughs> but keep that that off this show how what are you talking know. about that's not know. even I, a bad nickname no, don't give me nickname what, what? why am i j school well the j school <laughs> I guess if you're a, a journalist, my God, in the, are you going to J school? I guess if That's you're, what it sounds like. <laughs> I guess if you're a journalist in the professional world, J school, you have to say J school a hundred times instead of instead of actually saying, "Yeah, I went to journalism school." God, how many times could she have said that? I don't know. We had a uh, for anyone who's confused, we had super a super nice. Yeah, we had a speaker come to our last class, and they uh, were talking. It was a journalism class, and they were talking about their their career path, and for some reason, that included referring to journalism master's program at UC Berkeley is J school. I mean, she couldn't have been nicer. She volunteered her time. She's busy. She's actually got a career, but she said the term J school, maybe I'd say 30 times within that span. She was nice. I didn't agree with a lot of things she had to say. I, I, yeah, I didn't agree with much. What do we know though? She's got a job. Yeah, but it, yep. Yo, she she was an accountant originally. Yep. Oh man. Ooh, games of the week. We're going to get right into it. I think that's about, you know, that's about all I have for you to start the show. You got anything for me? No, I don't have anything for you. Let's, okay. get, into the, let's okay. get into the ooh woo. Ooh woo. Is that what was uh, intended? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> uh, somebody's going to figure it out someday, and then our whole spot's going to get blown up. We explained <laughs> it. Yeah, we don't need show. to explain we, it again. We it's did, fine. But I'm not going to. It's fine. Yeah, no, we, I, like, I, like how they, I like how the listeners perceive it. Yeah. Well, Montana has a shot to take the, the the Big Sky title here against Weber State, and that's the first game we're going to cover. And then we're also going to cover Northern Iowa and South Dakota State going um, going at it. I think th- this month, in the last four weeks, we've covered North Dakota State three times. North Dakota State or South, South Dakota? Dakota State? South Dakota State. Oh, State, it, it's been like three times. They well, were on the for the North Dakota State yep. game. They were on last week, and now they're on again. So yeah, they're continually in this conversation. They are the new Villanova people. But we're going to start with Weber State and Montana. And, Joe, what team do you want to start with for the keys to victory here? Well, why don't we take a swing at, I would argue, the hottest team in the FCS besides the you know the two obvious favors, the favorites that everyone continues to love to talk about, which is North Dakota State and JMU. But my favorite right now, and I think is the hottest team, is Weber State. So oh, why yeah. don't we kick things off with them? Because they're in a perfect position to get that three seed. All right, I'm going to jump on my key to victory here before you do because you're going to tail on it later when you get to your key, uh, keys to victory yeah, uh, for much. Montana, which, thanks. 
Um, Weber State's defense I, I is, before you get, so you is can, leading. You can suck it. The big, geez. <laughs> they're, they're leading the big sky in scoring defense, total defense, that's yardage allowed, rush defense, and turnover margin. And I guess the key to your victory here would be your defense needs to continue playing to its level that it has been performing in in the big sky against Montana. Montana's a really good team. No one's going to deny that. But your defense is lauded as probably the third best defense in the FCS, given your ranking, if not the toughest and most physical defense. So you need to show up with the defense, show out, play hard, play physical, You know, do all the coach talk that you need to do, and hold up to your own Weber State standard. Yeah, I was racking my brain trying to come up. This was the only team in their key to victory that I was actually having trouble coming up with one, and you visibly saw me doing that uh, as we were finishing up the notes. And, and look, I just try to keep things simple here because you brought up a really good point, that this defense is so good for Weber State, and you can't even really point to one specific player that is dominating for them, but like the they have their leading sack leader, Jonah Williams, not the one on the Cincinnati Bengals, but the right. Jonah Williams on Weber State is one of their better uh, pass rushers, but then you also have Noah... Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to read this properly. Noah Vea, uh, who's their current leading tackler, a bit of an undersized linebacker, but still very, very good. A sophomore, too. Yeah, he's a sophomore. So this this defense is so good, and because there's a very good chance that they don't have Josh Davis playing in this game, we don't know for sure what exactly happened with his injury. I cannot find any information if anyone Concussion has. protocol. It is concussion protocol? Yep. So that there's a... Decent chance with something like that. I, where did you find that? Somebody reach out to me and let me know. I'm Joe. I'm not going to ask my co-host. I uh, didn't know you knew. You could have put the it was in, in the a, notes. It was in You're an article. Pro- it was in an article. Okay. I didn't it, was, know. it was actually a Montana article about the Weber State keys to victory, or their key players, mm-hmm. and it said uh, Josh Davis is a key player. They gave all the stats, but uh, it's still unclear for the upcoming week, but he has entered concussion protocol. As anyone knows, if you've played football or you, you've follow enough football a concussion protocol is such a toss-up when you actually get out of it because you could be like someone like Sterling Shepard in the NFL who has been in the concussion protocol for over a month now and keeps entering it so that we don't jerk. know we don't know if Josh David <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know someone <laughs> like Sterling Shepard no, who's I'm been just, a, I'm just taking to, care of his head for a month no that's not I'm not okay. calling him out for it I'm just saying that sometimes <laughs> they could be more serious it's not like you break your arm you tear something you're out a head injury, it can vary in time. Some guys can go right time. away. I got yeah. You. yeah, But I'm just trying to f- further explain it. We don't know for sure if Josh Davis is going to be playing this game. We saw good proof that Jake Constantine, and I'll keep saying this, and it seems like when I do say that guys can't lead a team at the quarterback position, they end up having good performances. We're cursed. I don't know. We, we I.e. Ben DiNucci. <laughs> is, it our, is it our instincts? Is that what it is? I, I, or do it we just have be. poor instincts? <laughs> No, I don't think it's poor instincts. I think just maybe everyone's listening. They're like, I'm going to prove those those, jerks. those those slappies wrong. I'm going to prove on, them. <laughs> on jerk store radio. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're trying to prove us wrong. I, but, I guess. No, nah, but I, I think it's just that they, we catch them on the, the, the one time that they actually show up and play well. Also, when we're talking about something along that line, we if we're acknowledging that type of pressure and situation, then they're acknowledging it tenfold. So obviously, a, a, something has to give for them to to break that cycle, and they're going to do that their their job there. You gave your key to victory. I, I was kind of, I was I was wrapping it up. Ah. You bring a good point: is that the their pressure on their end might motivate them a bit more than what we're pointing out. I just don't think that Constantine is a good enough quarterback where they can say, "Oh, we're going to win this on the offensive side of the ball." What's worked for them is defense and running the ball, and without Josh Davis. 
Kevin Smith is still very good. I just don't think you're going to be able to score a ton of points. I think that you got to come out and play good defense. And I, I kind of set up your your point though for for Montana. Almost word for word here. My key to victory for Montana is if Josh Davis is not is out, uh, do not take back up Kevin Smith lightly. He is a speedster. He is fast. Obviously, Josh Smith has been taking a lot of touches this year. But when he gets the ball, he's a burner. And he's a he's an awesome running back. He's he's six feet tall and he's running. He's just a lightning bolt on the field. Wow. So don't take him lightly. He's going to be able to get an edge if he if he really wants to, if that's the play. So contain him and prep for him just as much as you would be Josh Davis. My key here for Montana is just capitalizing on turnovers. We saw last week North Dakota did not do a very good job of that. You had two picks from Jake Constantine, and they weren't able to score touchdowns on both of those picks. There were some other... Uh, issues in that game and mistakes from their offense that they weren't able to take advantage of. And I think that this Montana offense is a bit more advantageous in doing that. And, and when I say that Constantine turns the ball over, it's not in an egregious rate. He's got six picks on the year. That's not a horrible number. Right. But he has a tendency to turn the ball over against very good defenses. And Montana does not have an elite defense, but they do have a very, very good one. That being said, though, Weber State has a really good turnover margin. I saw some statistic that said they're one of the best in turnover margin this season. Best so, in the big sky. Yeah, best in the big sky. So having that good of a turnover margin is going to play out in this game. If you win the turnover battle, that's always not that's not always enough. You need to get points on the board. You need to get that that incredible trio of Occam, Sneed, and Knight ah, to get in the end zone. You go. need all three of those guys to have big performances. And, and as soon as you get the ball on the opposing team side of the field because of a turnover need to capitalize need to get in there get in the red zone score a touchdown do something now your little i don't know your bringing up of the wide receivers is how i want to phrase it okay that's going to lead me to my first key to victory for northern iowa which is our second uu game of the week as they face south dakota state isaiah weston the receiver for northern iowa and i was telling uh this stat line to other players in the locker room today, and they were dumbfounded after hearing it. So far this season, 39 catches, 800 or 982 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And you're saying, wow, that's a pretty good season. And then you start trying to do that math a little, you know, if you want to. What's that averaging? That's 25 yards a catch for Isaiah Weston. <laughs> and I, I saw that on the uh, uh, when I was looking up the stats, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe that's not right. I did it myself. 982 divided by 39. It's like 25. It's 25 yards per catch. Feed him the ball. He's gonna get even if he's only averaging 12 yards a catch against this good South Dakota State defense. It's 12 yards a catch. He's having an absolutely nuts year. Uh, really, really awesome wide receiver. He's like their only receiver over. 400 yards. I think their second receiver has like 350. So he is a it's stud. 304 is 304. The next guy. Oh. Is that a nuts stat line? Or yeah. What? And I think once uh, Briley Moore went down, he wasn't really able to contribute much, who was their tight end. He went down with a season ending injury. Um, he also did have a baby. Thank you for uh, yeah. giving the little hand motion there. Congrats to Briley. Um, but still, though, I, I think that once he went down, we were able to see a step up from Weston and a huge standout performance from him this season. I think my key, though, Sean, yeah. is more directed in line with South Dakota State. So South Dakota State needs – sorry, let me rephrase that rather. 
the reason why I'd say it's it's in, it's in line with South Dakota State is because Keaton Heidi, their quarterback in replacement of Jabor Gibbs, has not been able to operate this offense as well as it is was it was moving when Gibbs was the one that was running it. So that being said, he's not throwing the ball well. He's not being very efficient. He's not completing a ton of his passes. Pierre Strong Jr. is not having great performances because of it. We saw that exactly happen last week against Illinois State. So I think if you can contain the run, don't allow that stable of running backs that they have with Pierre Strong and uh, C.J. Wilson is another guy that's right behind him that contributes and has 490 yards this season. If you can kind of prevent them from racking up a lot of yards through the run game, I I think that um, Heidi will get very easily overwhelmed. I agree. Yeah, because if you're gonna make, if you're gonna lock down the run, then you're gonna put all the pressure on him, and it doesn't seem like he's been able to to follow through when um when that pressure is on. Now for South Dakota State, for me, my key to victory here, and I see this after last week after their loss to Illinois State. There are two ways to react after a tough loss for a college football team or any football team in general, but in college football, we've seen it firsthand. You can bounce back and stick to your system and just make minor changes to what you need to and just kind of continue on your track for your next opponent and understand you have a good system. Or you can slide down the slippery slope. And that being you're playing not to lose again instead of playing to win, whereas the first option is you're still playing to win the game. South Dakota State needs to play the win. They need to stick to their system. They're a very, very good football team. They're well coached. They are disciplined. You can't let this loss dictate the rest of your season you can have a bad play Joe but you can't have a bad day and obviously that is a more scoped in vision of this but in that sense it's you can have one loss but you can't let it destroy your season so I am saying that you just need to bounce back and stick to the script basically it's kind of like saying winning the battle is different from winning the war yes you you got to one step might slow you down, but you can't have an overall bad one. One in the hand. Two in the bush. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just going through cliches now. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> should we do like a whole show where I'm we just, just read cliches? Just, ban- <laughs> just banter cliches back at each other? <laughs> That'd be a good thing for a reel. Um, I think for South Dakota State, is setting up third and longs. Northern Iowa doesn't have a, a horrible third down conversion rate, but not a very good one and a very concerning one. They're only converting 31.62% of their third downs. And and that is setting up in saying that they need, South Dakota State needs to force them into third and longs because their quarterback right now, Will McElvain, um, sorry, Will McElvain, damn, it's so damn small, I can't see a thing. Uh, he's completing 55% of his passes. Um, a completion percent like that is very, very low. It's not very good. It's not something that you can be very positive in. And a guy like that isn't going to complete his passes on third and seven or longer. So if you can prevent those early down yardages, they'll have a lot of problems on third down. Right. Well, folks, we gave it to you. This is what we are thinking. These are the keys to victory. Typically, they're pretty spot on. Hope you take it with you. Hope when you're watching these games, these exciting games, you're thinking about us. And we also want you to think about us <laughs> when we get this upset watch correct, which is our one, and we are focusing on it. We're putting all the chips on the table here for William & Mary over Towson. Okay. 
Mark that one in the books. Oh, by the way, I forgot to address this on the Tuesday show. So Pete, I think it was oh, yeah. Peter Mooney. Do you remember back when I made the comment about the uh, the Albany PA announcer and being very monotone? Yes. I believe he said it was William and Mary's uh, PA announcer was also very monotone. I don't. I I believe so. Yes. Was he monotone? Uh, he was not. He was. Uh, he was. But I think the Albany guy was a lot worse. So we were. We. I said I was going to give a comparison. I think that Albany was a lot more monotone. It was a very different level of monotone because at least the William and Mary guy uh, um, had, he had a little bit more inflection in his voice, if that makes it Like, he actually had a good voice. The Albany guy did not. Okay, good. Now, Joe. Yes. Take us home. Oh, man, I am excited for this week because now we have your favorite FCS football game show. This is where I pick more correct games than Sean, in which we analyze and take our quick picks on a number of games. We have a bunch of them this week, more than we typically do, and we're going to be giving you... Oh, it's a, it's a, we do have more than we usually do. We're at 13 games this week, and we're going to be giving you our picks and our analysis. But before we do that, Sean, we're going to be taking a look back at last week's picks, and they're not very clean for you. So first game here, Illinois State, South Dakota State. Sean and I both got this wrong. We did not pick the upset right. Richmond, Villanova. I got this one right. Sean got it wrong. I picked Villanova. 0 for 2 for Sean. 1 for 2 for Joe. Towson Stony Brook. 2 for 3 for Joe because I picked Towson. Sean is continuing to dig a hole. 0 for 3. Princeton, Dartmouth. Dartmouth gets the win. Sean yet again. Wrong, but I was also wrong. 2 for 4. Houston Baptist, Nichols. Nichols gets the victory, meaning Joe gets the right pick. Sean also happens to get the right pick. UC Davis, Portland State. I was wrong, and so was Sean. Three for six, one for six. Yeah, that was a pride pick. Yeah, it was a pride pick. Um, Yeah, we both picked UC Davis because we're dumb. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 we we both picked picked Portland State. My fault. We picked Portland State out of principle. Yeah, uh, because we're dumb. Uh, Kennesaw State Campbell. Uh, I got this one right, Sean. You're welcome. Holy hell. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Another pride pick, okay? You're I welcome, de- Nick Masseroni. I dedicated Princeton. <laughs> I dedicated Princeton to all the mouth breathers on Twitter that were saying how good they were, even though I have roots with Dartmouth. Wait, I should have picked them, but I I, I succumb to the pressure. <laughs> Don't right, so. judge my season's <laughs> performance on these FC estimates. My God. Um, I could be picking. <laughs> I could be going just as good as Joe could, but I'm over here. I'm picking with pride. Pride? Question mark on that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> right after that, Maine, Elon, Sean got that one right. I got it wrong. Don't get all excited. Two for eight, four for eight for Joe. <laughs> Tennessee, Martin, Austin P. Wrong again. Two for nine. Continue to get the Austin P. Pick right. Five for nine for Joe. Why would you pick against him? I always get the Austin P pick right. I've I, never I don't think I've ever gotten it wrong. If somebody wants to go back and, and listen, <laughs> let me know, because I don't think I've ever gotten that Austin P pick wrong. So that makes me five for nine, two for nine for Sean. Lastly, San Diego. San Diego. There you go. We both Thank got you. it right. That's the correct pronunciation. Correct pronunciation. <laughs> 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 did not mean to do that. So finishing last week. Six for ten for Joe, three for ten for Sean. If you do the math, because it's out of ten, sixty percent, thirty percent. So what are we looking at? Uh, season average. Weekly average for Sean, thirty <laughs> percent. <laughs> <laughs> weekly average for Joe, sixty percent. Eh, you know, sixty percent. 
I went I went in the positive. I also did better than all of our fans. Season again. Oh, 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 we'll get to that. <laughs> Season average for Sean 46 for 99, 46%. Ah. To go down. Season average for Joe. It it's starting to plateau. Remember, pla- it's, it's remember start- when you told me you were going to come back? It's starting to plateau. You're like, oh, the hole's not, the gap's not that big. I'm closing the gap. I'm closing the gap. I was eight gap. games back, and I just. I'm uh, closing the gap. The last two weeks, you know. Where's that gap now, Sean? <laughs> it's almost 20 picks. Season average for Joe, 61 for 99, 61%. Well, I'm happy. I'm fans by being soaking <laughs> in, Joe. Whatever. So we had two, um, we had two top pick getters from the fan vote. Let's get some more people voting on these things. Start picking up some more traction. I didn't it's even been, see the tweet. I should have retweeted it. It's That's been about me. it's been about the same each week. We already tweeted it out. Um, so if you want to contribute and you're unsure where it is, check my Twitter or Sean's Twitter at Joe DeLeon or at Sean Anderson sixty five. Stop making fun of me because I like to use my hands when I talk because I'm Italian. Um, best performers this week. Who was making fun we, of you? We were. You were. No, I wasn't. We were, I've been sitting here with my hands crossed in front of my. Yeah, our listeners don't know that because we don't. We're not on video. Oh well, guess I'll never know. Top performers this week. Tie for five picks. So okay, yeah, you went fifty percent. Who were they? Sean Blythe. Oh, Attaway Sean, and Kwame Curtis. Oh, Attaway Kwame. Kwame uh, finally bagged a winning week. So well, Attaway Kwame. Not really winning week. Well, he he won the fan vote. Ah, won he the fan vote. He tied for the gotcha. win for the fan vote. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Um I unintentionally <laughs> said no one had beaten me and I forgot that Nick got me right got, got me with the 77% right last week and I was 66%. <laughs> but Nick this week, oh, let's hear it. <laughs> not so hot. Where you go? Same as you. 3 for ah! 10. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, that's what you get for listening to Sean. I don't know right, how much he did. <laughs> I bet one of those those correct picks was was Kennesaw. Uh, so I don't know. Just if you guys want any advice, just try to pick similar to me. You know, that's the that's the big key here. That's the big key. Um, <laughs> that's it for me though, Sean. <laughs> what do you got next? That's it for FCS news. Yeah. Did we get anything for Kwame's corner? Uh, we did not. Huh. Interesting. You didn't tweet out. <laughs> you didn't tweet out. I tweeted out on Sunday. Can I help you? What do you? What do you? What I don't know. What's that saying. for? I was just saying. Maybe then we didn't get any questions. We're still looking for questions, people. We want to interact with you. We want you to be a part of the show, also. So feel free to reach out whenever you want on Twitter to Joe and I in our direct messages or broadcasted on your own feed. Doesn't matter. We will take your questions. We will answer them. Just as how just as how we have done with every Twitter question that we've gotten all year. I don't think we've missed one all year that somebody's sent in for Twitter. Uh, there's the occasional one we might get in the middle of the week where they'll, because they sent it too late for the for uh, the Monday show. Right, for the recap. There's the occasional one, but no, and there's been no hard feelings because people know sometimes it, get lost in the, it gets lost in the jumble. I mean, Peter Mooney tweeted Joe on Monday, and Joe still found a way to... Uh, to, to tie that back in We will get back to you on Twitter No that was That was like a month ago uh, well, No 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 Because we, we just played William and Mary So it was this week He No but he So when I made the comment on the, Remember when we yes, talked about Yes but he about followed the, up On another tweet this week Did he? Yes I didn't see that Oh my gosh I didn't No he didn't You're really helping our case here <sighs> We're We're not a, We're oh not as on top of things As oh I think we are Okay well Oh he did it, tweet us Oh, oh I'm god. so sorry Peter Mooney Oh my god 
You can find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us at Believe.com. You can find us on Google Play, iHeartRadio. I'm sure I already said that one. You can find us wherever you want. If you don't like the platform that you're streaming on, you can find us on another. That's how it works. As always, um, you can follow me on Twitter at SeanAnderson65, and you can follow Joe on Twitter at JSchool. And, um, at I, Joe DeLeon. No, at Joe DeLeon, pardon me. And you can follow Believe Podcasts on Twitter at Believe Podcasts. That's Perfect. it. That's it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.